Good morning, Four Oaks Church. Pastor Paul here. It's a Wednesday morning, believe it or not, May 18th, 2022. This is a segment or a thing we do Monday through Fridays, um, 10, 15 minutes every weekday called Romans Rewind. That's just where, this is where we're running concurrently with our series, preaching series through the book of Romans. And the stuff that we don't get to in the previous Sunday sermon, or maybe don't have time for, or is sort of a little bit of a rabbit trail, or, you know, you get it. Um, we come back behind and sort of pick up some of those pieces and examine them in further detail. And for what seems like a year now, we've been in Romans 9, but obviously an incredibly rich, powerful passage that gives us, I think, the clearest glance into the heart of God that we see in all of Scripture. Now, with all that said, this week is our last week of devotionals before we take a summer break. So we are winding down uh, Romans 9 and 10. We're going to take a break uh, for the summer preaching um, and do something else, which I'll talk about this Sunday. Um, and then we, when we get back into Romans 11 in the fall, we will crank these, or really more at the end of the summer, then we'll crank these devotionals back up. So let's get everything we can out of these last three sessions. So here's the question for the day, and it's a question that emerges from Romans 9. And it's simply this, why doesn't God immediately punish the wicked? Why doesn't God immediately rectify all injustice? Now, there's going to be several answers to that question, okay? So, so one answer, obviously, is that if God immediately destroyed all evil, we would all be destroyed before we ever had a chance quote unquote, to trust in Christ. And so we would be immediately obliterated. And so there, there is a sense of, the, you know, there is his grace that's at oper that's, that operates there, that's at play there. Other times God doesn't immediately punish because he is calling people to repentance, right? He's calling people to, to turn, to, um, to have faith, to turn back to him, to turn from their sin. We're reminded over and over in scripture, God is slow to anger, but he's abounding in love. So, so we know that, again, that's because of his grace. Now, there's a third answer to this question, and it's one that presents itself here in Romans 9. And so let me read. There, there's a couple of passages from Romans 9 we want to read and explain why God sometimes doesn't immediately punish the wicked. And the short answer is going to be because he is waiting for an opportune time to display his power and his glory. So let's look at verse 14, Romans 9. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. Now here's the relevant text. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose, I have raised you up that I might show my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So going back a couple of weeks, just a, just a reminder, the, the phrase I have raised you up does not mean to create as in God creates something out of nothing. It doesn't mean to to fashion in that sort of sense. It, um, there, there's other Greek words for that. What 
what this word means for this very purpose, I have raised you up. It means to set into place. It means to strategically align. It, it denotes this idea of being purposefully situated for this time and for this circumstance. And what Paul tells us here is that this was God in relationship to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, who was already broken, who already had a hardened heart, who was hardening his own heart. Nonetheless, God, in passing over him, not just passed over him, okay, and did not show mercy to him, which is, is his prerogative, um, because Pharaoh did not deserve mercy, nor do any of us. But he instead raised him up. It means he providentially, specifically situated him in that place and in that time. So obviously God could have obliterated Pharaoh um, at any point in time in this story, but yet it says God hardened his heart so that, okay, I might show my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So there was something about him waiting to destroy Pharaoh that was going to bring God greater glory and majesty later, and obviously that was going to be the very public display of his wrath and glory against Pharaoh um, as he attempted to cross the Red Sea. So let's go back, let's go, let's go down to verse 19, and let's continue to read. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? Again, here's the relevant text. What if God, desiring to show his wrath and, make, and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory? So this idea, okay, so he's obviously still talking about Pharaoh. So what if God, desiring to show his wrath, to make known his power, has endured with much patience Pharaoh? Now, that, the idea of patience there is, again, there are times when God is patient because he is beckoning and calling to repentance and change, because he is, he is slow to anger, abounding in love. But here it doesn't, it doesn't denote the idea that God is waiting for Pharaoh to repent. Okay, that goes against the whole theme of the chapter, right? Um, that it's rather that God is enduring with much patience this vessel of wrath, that's Pharaoh, prepared for destruction. That means fitted, okay, for that time and that place, not created, okay, not arbitrarily hardened. Um, this member, this verb is in the passive, okay, it means to pass over, but God being patient with Pharaoh, passing over him, um, not immediately punishing him. Why? In order to make known the rich of his riches of his glory for vessels of mercy. So in other words, God was waiting for the opportune time to punish sin. He was waiting for that moment when all Israel was going to have a front row seat on the story of at the story of redemption, the play of redemption, and they were going to witness the destruction, the the rightful righteous destruction of Pharaoh and his army, so that they could glorify God and tell the next generation. 
And there was a particular kind of glory that God received in punishing the wickedness of Pharaoh in Egypt publicly and waiting for that opportune time. Um, and that, that would have been missed or not enjoyed in the same way by the vessels of mercy if he had done it privately or some other way. Now, the most, the closest parallel that we can think about, I think that's, that's, it's clearly found in the second coming of Christ, right? Why doesn't God um, immediately, you know, um, destroy the wicked today? I mean, that, that's a relevant question, right? And there's, as we say, there's many reasons. But one of those reasons is that in passing over some who are wicked, there will be one day when Jesus will return very publicly. And at that time, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and his judgment will be righteous and it will be sure, it will be public. And the vessels of mercy, those who know Christ, will give God praise and glory for that because that is what sin and wickedness deserves as punishment. Um, so thinking about it even on the micro level of our lives, Let's be reminded that if God is not immediately setting right things in our life, we think need to be set right. If he's not immediately correcting every injustice, immediately correcting every sin, there must be because there, there, it must be because there is a, a reason that God wants to display his glory in a particular way. Maybe it's that person comes to repentance. Maybe it's to teach us patience uh, and long suffering. Um, maybe it's to display his power in a particular way at a future time and place. Regardless, whenever God stays his hand, we trust in him, know that he does what is right and best. Okay, that's it for today. We'll be back two more for this week before taking a break for the summer. Please don't, don't miss it. We'd love to have you. All right, Lord, um, help us to see things from your, your, your angle. Lord, help us to see things from your eyes. Lord, help us to be patient. Lord, help us to trust you that you're doing your work even as you delay the punishment of wickedness and the healing of all injustice, Lord. We know that you have a righteous plan to glorify yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody.